Alright creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker episode 112 of our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all tism. My name is Alex Dorio and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined as always by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night, the master of disguise himself, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, we're going to go back in time to SummerSlam 2005 tonight, and we're going to peel off that makeup, we're going to peel off that prosthetic mask, because it looked like we were headed towards a big Muhammad Hassan Undertaker feud, but back behind that mask, we're going to go back to Undertaker and Randy Orton yet again and set us up for a big series to close out 2005. What you think about all this? Sorry, I'm not turtle enough for the turtle club. Master <laughs> Disguise is my favorite Danny Carver movie. Favorite. <laughs> Slim Pickens <laughs> there, brother. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, he goes back to that well too many times. Kind of like. He's going back to that Randy Orton well here, but yeah, they're going to finish out the year here, uh, the last four months of uh, 05 with Randy Orton, so it's crazy how this dude's been basically since February. It's nuts, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, thought yeah. they were going to go with Hassan and see where they're going next, but uh, nope, he is dead in the water and shipped off to Never Neverland, and here we're going to go back to <laughs> old Orton, but he's got a friend in tow. Oh, he's got a friend, he's got family. A partner, if you will. <laughs> oh, howdy, partner. Now, are you, you putting Master Disguise over at Wayne's World? No, I'm just huh? kidding. Are you sure? Uh, you no, love Master no. Disguise. I do love Master Disguise. Hey, if you had to pick which one to watch, which would you Oh, I'll pick Master Disguise. Well, there you Obviously. go, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's not a fair assessment, though. Wayne's World's probably better, but Master Disguise, I would probably watch more. I can't explain it. Secret but. Life of Pets? <laughs> No, that's terrible. <laughs> Your kids love that movie? Uh, not really. Not we watched the second one a few weeks ago. They liked it, but it was like it was like Pulp Fiction. It was like all these storylines that kind of ended up together at the end. <laughs> Pulp Fiction for kids. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I saw the first one. It didn't. It didn't do much for me. I like the. I like the preview a lot more than the commercial. Like the movie. Better, yeah. Yeah. The commercial is better than the movie. For so. sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> Oh, we're not talking about that tonight, though. We're talking about <laughs> SummerSlam 2005, the second Randy Orton Undertaker match in 2005 in a series of them. It's, it's more than a trilogy. It's a quadrilogy, quintilogy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that's what we're going to be exploring here for the next few weeks of Talking Taker. Uh, so let's dive right into it here tonight, Travis. Let's take our time traveling hearse back to July of 2005, where we last left off, where we uh, will park the hearse right next to the ambulance that carted out <laughs> Muhammad Hassan, or the hearse. Well, I guess he was in a hearse because he's pretty much dead to rights here <laughs> yeah. as far as, as, far as a character. Yeah, he is not coming back for the SmackDown 20th anniversary. Hard to believe, man. They just did that <laughs> big special with SmackDown. Down's greatest moments, and they left out the whole terrorist angle. I, I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> How dare them! You know, some uncut footage uh, or like some B roll footage of people like giving their top 10. You know, somebody said that. You know, somebody <laughs> did. Like Zack Ryder as a joke. <laughs> somebody interviewing people for like WWE YouTube, and he's like, Oh, my favorite terrorist angle for Thomas. <laughs> All right, Kurt Hawkins would say that. Uh, maybe Mustafa <laughs> Ali. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, that brings us to July 28th, SmackDown after Great American Bash. The show is going to open, and Teddy Long has a bout of amnesia, and he remembers how great the Great American Bash was. <laughs> I don't know what show he was watching, but I guess you got to support your own brand. So You got um, to. Yeah. He thanks all of us fans for watching and reminds us that the new number one contender was named uh, the main event at the SummerSlam, and it's going to be one on one match with, and then we got JBL's music. Exactly. Stock market is crashing because JBL's coming out. He comes out and interrupts and says, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I defeated Batista, Great American Bash, which he did on a technicality. He won by DQ. So, um, and Teddy says, Well, you know, you didn't, you didn't actually beat him. I mean, you won the match, but you didn't win the title, and JBL. In his, uh, I guess, political prowess, says, "Well, you must not have read the contract there, because it says that if I beat Batista, but didn't win the title, I'd automatically get a one-on-one -on -one rematch with Batista at SummerSlam." But it's like, 
Who writes that in their contract? <laughs> I'm so not confident in myself that when I lose, I get another match. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I love a good contract stipulation. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't see enough of that anymore. Like, No. That's like a Jim Cornette thing. I put this extra thing in the contract. Exactly. I love it, man. Yeah, I love it. As a heel move, it's, it's As perfect. As a heel move, you know? yep. yep. Yeah, so... Anyway, um, Teddy's like, you know, you're going to get a shot someday, but not at the SummerSlam. So Taker's the number one contender. And he says that JBL says he's going to sue Teddy for a breach of contract if he's not in the main event. So Teddy kind of bows up to him and says that, you know. So that's how it's going to be, huh, player? This is not a court of law. This is SmackDown. And SmackDown is my show. And I run things around here. So this is what we're going to do. Now we're going to have a match and we will find out who truly deserves to be the number one contender for the world championship. You quit screwing me. Put my name on the contract. Well, tonight, JBL, you will go one-on-one with The Undertaker. And uh, his winner gets Batista at the SummerSlam for the world heavyweight title. Which I have a bone to pick with Teddy real quick because he right. says – well, actually, I guess he's true to his word because later on this month we're going to get this legal battle between uh, Ray and Eddie for Dominique. I guess right. they do settle it in the ring rather than the court of law. So what, how better to settle your custody dispute than with a ladder match? Like on SmackDown, I guess we're filming this before SmackDown on Fox, but tonight on SmackDown on Fox we're going to have a uh, – $25 million contract ladder match for uh, with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. So, I don't know. You're right. I, I, now I kind of want to judge Teddy Long TV show, syndicated show, like Judge Judy, oh, yeah. Judge Mills Lane, Judge Teddy, dude. How great would he be in that? You send us to one-on-one with The Undertaker. <laughs> I think the only way to settle this is a tag team match, players. He could like have a- one of those on the network, dude. It'd be great. Absolutely. Like the Asian Christian show, but let's have Teddy. Judge <laughs> <Just> Teddy. Teddy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so later on, we're going to get the match. It's JBL and Taker. And again, it's great. <laughs> we talked about this every time they match up. It's great. So um, commentary put over how Taker destroyed Hassan and the sympathizers because just that's about the last mention of them, though. Yeah. And um, again, really good chemistry. OJ gets involved. That's Orlando Jordan, not uh, Simpson. Uh, he gets involved. Ref gets bumped. JBL gives Taker a nasty chair shot, like right on the dome, man. It's these chair shots are brutal back in these days, man. But um, Taker kicks out, and then Randy Orton slides in and hits an RKO on Taker and pulls JBL on top. And the ref going to wake up and count to three. Uh, so JBL's number one contender, thanks to an RKO assist from Randy Orton, and. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't this happen one month ago when Randy Orton debuted on SmackDown as their number two draft pick? I had to go back and check my <laughs> WWE Network because I thought I was watching a repeat of SmackDown <laughs> from a month ago. This is literally how we started yeah. last week's podcast covering the build to Great American Bash. An awesome Undertaker-JBL match. The finish is Randy Orton runs in and hits an RKO on Undertaker and poses. and went literally the same thing. Yeah. It's well. actually going to go somewhere tonight. Yeah, that's true. And it was, man. That's But this match, I don't know, maybe even great. better than the one. There's so many false finishes. Yeah. And it was long and awesome. And I did not remember them having such awesome chemistry with each other. Well, probably because we never watched it. Yeah, probably could be part of it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we refused to watch JBL matches back then, but I'm kicking myself now. This stuff was good. It was, man. And, uh, yeah, that's going to kick us into high gear. going to head back to the Randy Orton well. We're going to kind of pick up where we left off from WrestleMania 21 on SmackDown, August 4th, 2005. Our old buddy Massive Tool, Josh Matthews, is going to be interviewing Randy Orton backstage and ask him why he uh, and ask him why he jumped The Undertaker last week. And uh, Orton says you know, he was just returning the favor because Undertaker stole something from him, and he'll explain his intentions later on tonight. So we go from a Randy Orton promo to a Randy Orton promo. And, you know... Uh, Killing time, man. Killing you know, time. We are, and this promo does, man. It's real long, and you know we've been praising Randy Orton a lot over the mm-hmm. past few weeks, and we, we've definitely... Our, our perspective on him has 
grown a lot more favorable uh, since we've done this podcast and, and throughout the years as he's established himself. But uh, I will say some of his promos are just cut and paste here yeah. during this time. Talking about being the legend killer. Talking about being third generation, greatest of all time. You can just Youngest fi- champion. Yep. You can fill in the blanks. And there's a lot of that here. It goes on probably five minutes too long. But the gist of it is that he he's upset because WrestleMania 21 was supposed to be his big night. He was going to kill the biggest, baddest <clears throat> legend ever. But he blames fate intervening, this shoulder injury that he got during the match. He says that Undertaker didn't really beat him. It was just because he was injured. And he talks about this need to defeat the Undertaker to continue to mark that biggest legend off his list. Uh, so he says at SummerSlam, you know, last year he became the youngest champion of all time, defeating... Uh, uh, he just won a singles match. Yeah, I can't remember who he defeated there. I always forget that one. And at this year's SummerSlam, simply this, I'm going to get what I need. Undertaker, it's time for me to catch what I let slip through my fingers. I will not rest until I beat you. I will not rest until you're on the long list of legends that I've defeated. I will not rest, Undertaker. So what's it gonna be? You and me, SummerSlam. I know you can hear me, the air slam, but I know you're around. I know you're around. What's it gonna be? I want an answer. I want an answer, Taker. Right now, damn it, I demand an answer. He says he doesn't respect Undertaker's legacy. In fact, he he spits in the face of Undertaker's legacy. Yeah. <laughs> Still a little Carlito. Yeah, there. walks over that one there. <laughs> Um, and he demands an answer if he's going to face the Undertaker. If the Undertaker will accept his challenge. And so, Undertaker, he always is there with an answer, man. Lights go out quickly. The uh, bell tolls, gong hits, whatever you want to call it. And the uh, creepy video starts playing on the uh, Titan Tron, Smackdown Tron, with feedback and crosses and Undertaker footage, purple lighting. And this time we get three letters that pop up on there. R. K.O. real slowly. And Undertaker does a voiceover and says, Randy Orton, you want a legacy? SummerSlam! You will rest in peace. And as he's saying that, the RKO changes to RIP on the screen as Orton starts panicking and kind of realizing, oh, I may have made a huge mistake <laughs> here tonight. But, uh, you know, I take it. We said last week, he's he's following your footsteps, Travis. He's becoming an uh, amateur video editor. Add that to his <laughs> list of hobbies with casket building and wax figurine sculpting. Motorcycle riding. He's <laughs> into video editing now. He is. Yeah, man. Well, all that PTO he's got, he's just doing all kinds of, you know, side gigs. I you got to have hobbies. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, no, but I do like the, I do like how that, you know, the RKO changes to RIP. It's a pretty cool little, little bit of iconography there. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, you can tell the creative staff liked it too. <laughs> yeah, because they're going to go to that well several times. <laughs> so, oh, man. Well, that brings us to uh, SmackDown uh, August 11th 05 and oh yeah this is uh, our main event right here <laughs> yeah we can <laughs> stop we can stop every episode from now on there's no more this last episode well teddy long is on the phone with fat joe <laughs> remember him <laughs> the baby girl put it on me <laughs> was that fat joe i think so wait a minute is that not... without you i don't know who is that <laughs> i don't know anyway he's on the phone with fat joe i guess he was the D-list celebrity of the week on SmackDown, but um, Orton interrupts his phone call and uh, <clears throat> he demands more respect from Teddy and says, "I want to know who I'm facing." Teddy's like, "You're not going to know who your opponent is until you get in the ring, but it is a legendary opponent of the Undertaker." And uh, Orton's like, "He's going to squash the opponent just like he's going to squash Taker at SummerSlam." So in my mind, I'm thinking legendary opponent. Like we're going to get Kane, we're going to get Mankind, Shawn Michaels. You know, Triple A. Oh yeah, all the legends. The gold dust. You know, something great like that. Giant Gonzalez. Um, Giant Jake the Snake again. Jake, oh, Jake could have been Jake the Snake. That's right. 
right, he let... probably got fired at those jumping jacks. <laughs> let me correct myself before we move on, Travis. Uh, it was Ja Rule yeah. that I was doing, not, oh. not no, Fat me. Joe. Excuse what me. is Fat Joe saying? I have no clue. <laughs> I thought it was that. <laughs> My uh, mid two thousands hip hop is not oh. as uh, not as proficient oh, as it roll? used to be. Excuse me. I'm sure, all our oh. fans are screaming at the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the radios right. <laughs> I saw Genuine in concert on accident about six years ago. On accident? So. <laughs> yeah, he was at a festival with Need to Breed, so he was there. And Drew Holcomb and the neighbors. So it was a, he was just there anyway. Quite the all lineup. Right. Well, <laughs> Yeah, you, you don't you don't go see genuine on purpose. You uh-huh. see him on accident. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, Taker. legends, legends <laughs> of the Legend. Undertaker's career. You know? My pony, uh, Taker comes out for. Excuse me, not Taker. Randy Orton comes out for his first match since WrestleMania, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> what a return match he's oh, gonna man. have. So he's awaiting his opponent in the ring, and turns out it is. The Ugandan giant, Kamala. Oh, my goodness. Do a little belly rub. <laughs> yeah. Rubbing his belly, slapping it. He's got the moon, the little stars on his belly. Yeah, he's giving the old for sure. And I just, man, as a 33-year-old, I popped huge, man, because I, uh, I love this. He's doing all the same stuff, and Orton's kind of perplexed in the ring. <laughs> no kidding. Actually, yeah. <laughs> There's actually a tiny little RKO chant from the crowd, so um, I guess they want to see him RKO a legend, you know. So that kind of that kind of whole, you know, uh, storyline is, is is what's gotten him over to this point. But true, um, I will say the only thing missing from this man, they don't have his classic music. They have some right. weird knockoff <clears throat> music, which I can't believe they wouldn't have the rights to come on right. music. I don't know why they use something different, and they didn't have. Harvey Whippleman announcing right. him to the ring from from deepest, darkest Africa. Dr. Harvey Whippleman. Back up, little man. I want everybody in this arena to stand up and show respect to this next wrestler. Big Well, probably a good thing. Maybe they couldn't say that. Well, they just got done with the Hassan thing, so yeah, maybe they shouldn't go there. <laughs> they shouldn't. They should steer clear of any kind of racial stereotypes or anything like that. So let's, uh, yeah, probably a good thing. But yeah, he does have kimchi. He does. Know? So that was fun. Kimchi looks like Rorschach from uh, the Watchmen movies. So it was crazy. But anyway, um, this match is. I mean, what do you say? What can I mean, you say? Well, you know who else had trouble saying stuff is the commentary. They're like laughing at Kamala, <laughs> and uh, Cole even's like doesn't look like he's missed a, a beat or a meal. <laughs> Cole with the zingers, man, and he's usually pretty straight laced. You know, Taz usually has those, but I found it funny that Cole had some zingers. But Orton's going to drop him with a drop kick, uh, and then uh, Kamala's going to beat on his chest. They kind of go Kamala gets some offense on him. Uh, and he gets some good spots in and winds up doing the uh, splash on Orton. Uh, it's very kind of you to call it offense. Y- yeah, well, I'm <laughs> being optimistic here. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of chops. A lot of, yeah, a lot of chops, a lot of stuff. And um, Randy actually punches Kim Chi so hard, he, his hat flies off into like the third or fourth row. So <laughs> it's great. But, um, uh, Kamala starts freaking out about Kim Chi and takes his eyes off Randy Orton, which allows Randy to hit the RKO like the old sneaky little snake that he is. And uh, that's going to allow him to win and, and beat Kamala. So oh. he's put another... No, it does not. Oh, I'm sorry. He, yeah, I'm sorry. He, he doesn't pin him. Yeah, you're right. He, hit, he hits the RKO, and he's going to go pin him. And lights out. Uh, the gong hits. The ring fills with smoke. The purple lights come up, and Kamala and Kim Chi have just flat out disappeared. We have no idea where they are. And um, the video screen comes back up, and we see the replay of like the RKO changing into RIP, and Orton is on his knees, terrified, and pulling his hair out. But uh, it is literally the same thing we saw last week. <laughs> so um, that's crazy, man. So Yeah. But uh, yeah, Again, Paul another repeat. Kamala got pinned, so he... 
Randy did get the one up on another legend and downed him, but yeah, he did not. He does not have a win over Kamala, so he's he's zero and zero against Kamala. <laughs> you got to protect Kamala, dude. Yeah, the young guy is going to get his career off to a start, so kind <laughs> of protect that that streak. So I love that Teddy Long. We're supposed to believe his his first thought. Ooh, I, I need a tough opponent for Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah. Let me call up Kamala, player. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Call it a favor. So, I don't. Yeah, Phew. it was what it was, though. It was, man. It, it was fun. I'll tell you that. It was, it was a nice change of pace, and it's definitely it's it, it fits in with this run on SmackDown and on Raw. I guess in two thousand five, a lot more heavy influence from the yeah. legends, man. Uh, we talked <clears> about <throat> during the WrestleMania episode. Uh, somebody says something about nostalgia during that yeah. buildup, and all these legends in there, and you're seeing that more and more and more. And we're gonna see it, really see it next week. Uh, a lot of a lot of that in the build to next week's matchup as well. But uh, it's interesting, you know, interesting to see them use these guys uh, the way that they use them here. Uh, something oh, yeah. they didn't used to do back in the day. But uh, besides that, man, that's going to take us to our go-home show. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a a shorter episode compared to the past few weeks. Uh, SmackDown, August 18th, 2005, where, you know, we we rip on Massive Tool Josh Matthews, but at least he was memorable somewhat. Yeah. Because now we've got, this is another era of just, Guys, I completely, not on my radar at all as far as interview guys, some jamoke named Steve Romero is going to yeah. be interviewing Randy Orton backstage. This guy must have had just a quickest cup of coffee in WWE. But, yeah, we uh, mentioned him last week. I was, just, I was kid. I didn't know his name was Steve Romeo, Steve Romero. I literally have never seen this human being on my WWF television. So No, I don't think never. we've seen much of him either. But he interviews Randy Orton here and uh, Orton informs us he's going to be facing Chris Benoit tonight, and Ooh. oh, sorry, he who must not be named. <laughs> it's going to be the same building that they fought at SummerSlam last year, where Randy Orton won the world title. So nice, uh, nice. Uh, what am I? What's the word? Continuity I'm, there. Sure, there yeah. we go. Comes full I like circle. That. I really did, man. It was really cool. It's the same a year ago in that ring, same you know, same uh, opponent. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, great way to build to the pay per view here. Uh, Randy says nothing can stop the destiny of the Legend Killer here. And uh, of course, if you try to watch this on the WWE Network, it's going to be Randy Orton in singles action. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it is a it is a solid match. I didn't watch the whole thing because. I don't watch much Chris Benoit matches. Yeah. But I watched the last few minutes of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, if if uh, you still enjoy watching Chris Benoit, no, no worries to you. This is a good one to watch. Solid matchup here. Uh, Randy is going to pick up the win again against uh, Benoit with a little help, a little assist from Orlando Jordan, who's going to be facing Benoit at the pay-per-view. And as you can imagine, as Orton is doing his posing... The lights go out, the bell tolls, lights go back up, and The Undertaker is in the ring. Randy realizes what's happening pretty quickly, and Undertaker dishes out just a giant joke slam on Randy Orton, boosts him up into the ceiling, slams him down, and smoke starts filling up the ring in a cool visual. And then Randy... Uh, Undertaker actually turns Randy over to make sure Randy's looking yeah. up at him and shows him three fingers, kind of does the okay sign and just puts the three fingers in his face to symbolize that SummerSlam is coming up in three days. And well, I thought him, he was going to call his friends the Dudleys to give him a 3D or something. <laughs> his friends? What are you talking concrete, about? From the concrete crypt. <laughs> Well, they all wanted Paul Bear dead, so they That's should be true. friends now. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> uh, and uh, he does the throat slash. And Cole and Taz hype this up as when Taker was walking to the top of the ramp. He's about to do his old fist raise up to the sky. And we see Randy. He's selling. He's kind of holding his, holding his neck, holding his jaw. But then he starts to smile and kind of laugh a little bit. And then... Points to his brain, Bobby Heenan style, as, mm-hmm. this, as if this is all kind of part of his plan somehow. So, an interesting twist going into the pay-per-view. Yeah, that's an interesting strategy, Cotton. We'll see how that pays off. So. <laughs> <laughs> go a little dodgeball. There you go. So, 
Yeah, it's an interesting strategy. We don't know what's up his sleeve yeah. or up his tattoo sleeves. You know, not sure what's going on there. And <laughs> I guess if your plan is to get choke slammed uh, by Undertaker, you better have a bigger, a better, bigger and better, larger overall arc. So <laughs> go in there. So yeah, that brings us to uh, the SummerSlam, as our friend Bret Hart would say, 2005, man, uh, August 21st, 05, from the MCI Center in Washington D.C., um, which is home to many a Starcade, uh, if I'm True. not mistaken. Yeah. Not mistaken, near the end of WCW's run, they're in their hot streak there in the late 90s. Uh, most arcades were here, held right here. So um, I know I rented this one and watched it while I was house-sitting, dog-sitting at my boss's house. But you had a different experience yeah, with this so pay-per-view. One of the rare ones that I ordered back in the day. And uh, I'm sure I called you up or texted you and you must have had yeah, something Yeah, I must going have been on. out of town or something. Yeah, I, but I... I was trying to remember why this one in particular I ordered, and I'm sure it must have been for the Shawn Michaels Hulk Hogan main event because those are probably my two absolute favorites uh, as a kid growing up. So just the idea of those guys going head to head, I knew it was going to be something special, and it, it was something else. It's and something else. It is yeah. something else. The build up was really cool. I remember being real into it, but it was a pretty solid undercard, man. This was a solid SummerSlam card, uh, I think. Maybe get slept on a little bit, but Jericho and Cena had a great feud going on. You had uh, Edge and Matt Hardy was at the peak of their rivalry. You had Mysterio and Guerrero having a ladder match on yeah. this pay-per-view, man. Pretty solid lineup. Yeah, it was a good show, man. That's why I remember renting it because uh, I remember being excited for Jericho and Cena and seeing that. And Mysterio and Guerrero are always gold, so even though that was a stupid stipulation for custody of his child. <laughs> but just watching those guys, just take the trip story away. They can tell him a story in the ring. So, yeah, and then like, like I said, HBK and Hogan, man, just oversell city, man. I loved it. <laughs> Love it. So, and then you got this. this, yeah. I'm not going right in there, man. Kind of lost in the shuffle. Yeah, well, somebody who was doing a shuffle backstage is Vincent Mann. He's, in a, he's getting a presidential car wash. <laughs> He's like in a presidential limo that says like his Dude. name on the presidential seal on the side, and all the divas are giving him his car a nice wash in there. So it's so uncomfortable. Oh man, it says McMahon for president on yeah. the license plate, and he rolls down the window and says, "Hey, why not?" Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a little too close to home in 2019. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I'm a little worried about that one, <laughs> He might try. So. Oh, he might try. man. But, uh, well, after that. This that was a really just, sloppy car wash, though, too, man. It Very was. inefficient from the Very news. inefficient. Lots of wasted water there. So not big on going green, this presidential candidate here. Or so. not, no. Yeah, but this match is four from the top. It's right behind those, you know, the top two title matches, and then uh, HBK and Hogan. So not bad billing. It's probably in the right spot, you know. Yeah. Which is big, big for Randy Orton. You know, it's a main event spot. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely smack dab in the middle. Um, it's like, you know, we talked a little bit about Muhammad Hassan at the top of the show, and we talked about it last week. Um, I don't know. I guess the idea is that Hassan was probably going to face the champion Batista at this yeah. show. I don't know if Taker and Orton was always the plan. It, it, maybe things changed a little bit with Hassan being out. Maybe there had to be some reshuffling going on. But obviously this, I mean, you could tell even in the build that this was probably not going to be the Taker and Orton's last dance. That this was, yeah. you know, setting the scene for probably a longer feud here. So I think that's mm -hmm. why it's not in a bigger spot on the card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know it's this kind of the beginning of the story or the second chapter you know so you can tell but um cole and taz on commentary and cole says that this is the 14th straight year that undertaker's gone to battle at the SummerSlam. so pretty cool uh, i didn't yeah. realize that me neither it threw me for a loop i had to go back and double check so um i assume he was right once i checked so. it made me wonder when he said that who has the most SummerSlam matches of all time because Undertaker is obviously at the top of that list for WrestleMania. I think we've talked about that here on the show. Went through the rankings of that, um, and Undertaker being 14 straight years, that that streak doesn't get talked about as much as far as SummerSlam goes. So, I actually looked it up, man. I got the top five SummerSlam performers of all time as far as total matches, 
And then as far as wins and losses go, um, you got any guesses for who's in that top five list? Uh, even though Bret Hart wasn't there as long, I think he's got to be one of the top uh, like win-loss record guys there, wasn't he? He's not in my top five. Oh, really? No, I, I mean, he, he may be on win-loss record. I, I don't know about percentages, but uh, okay. total wins and losses, he's not uh, in the top five that I've got. Oh, okay. Maybe it's just percentage. Well, um. Let's see. Uh, I'd say Triple H. Triple H is Kane. number five. Kane. Kane. Undertaker. Kane's not in there. No. Undertaker huh. is. Yep. Hmm. Big Show. Nope. Dang. All uh, right. Let me read you the top five. Uh, I'm trying to think, of guys, who've been there forever. Jericho. Jericho. No. No. Hmm. Dang. Uh, you're you're around there. You're around the right people. Triple H and Edge both have 13 Edge. SummerSlam matches. Yeah. And Edge, from what I could tell, has the best record at 11 and two as far as SummerSlam matches. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Triple Pretty H was eight and five at SummerSlams. And then in second place, tie for second place would be Cena with 14 SummerSlam matches. He has a five and nine SummerSlam record. Yeah, he's a bad record at SummerSlam. I know that. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> and the Man Undertaker is fighting tonight. Randy Orton has fourteen SummerSlam matches as well, and he's got a seven, six, and one SummerSlam record. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> kind of interesting. And then Undertaker is at number one as far as total SummerSlam matches with sixteen. So he's only got a couple more after this. And he is 10-5-1 in SummerSlam history. We're only going to cover two more SummerSlams? Only two more SummerSlams, brother. That's nuts. Right? It's the second biggest show of the year. (laughs) How is he not there more? You know, he starts going on his WrestleMania hibernations. You're right. Pretty soon after this. Well, it's his record. I'm sorry. I missed it. I was flabbergasted. He's only got two more. 10-5-1. So he's got one, one behind edge as far as most wins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think about Edge and Cena. They're they're yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All those guys make sense. So they do. Yeah. But it's just kind of interesting. We don't talk about SummerSlam oh, yeah. records as much as we do WrestleMania. So kind of a fun fact there for you. I did know that Cena's record at SummerSlam is atrocious though, because that's one of the things that people always talk about. He's you, you're pretty sure he's going to lose at SummerSlam. He's going to win at WrestleMania every year, <laughs> but he's going to lose at SummerSlam probably. That's so. interesting. Yeah. Good on him. So. But yeah, um, yeah. So Cole and Taz are gonna bring us in here for this uh, this match, and the Undertaker comes out first, which is what he did at WrestleMania as well. So I don't know if it's like in Orton's contract; he can't be in can't be in the ring when Taker comes out. I don't know, but it's gonna change. It's gonna change. But uh, this entrance is pretty cool. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, Taker's gonna get. a lot of smoke and these big flames go up as he makes his entrance. Just very, very big production again. And SummerSlam is such a big show. And um, again, he tells us this is a rematch from WrestleMania. For those of you, you know, don't pay attention. But and I, I know that that doesn't happen all the time nowadays. The storylines get progressed so quickly. But I like when they have a match at WrestleMania and a match at SummerSlam. I think that's cool. Like wrestlers, I think I think it's cool when the story goes that long or may drop off in the summer and come back as summer. I like that. So yeah, because to me, it makes it important. Like I know Lesnar and Seth Rollins did this year. I thought that was pretty cool. How they did that. Yeah. Um, I think I maybe like it better if it's like the other way around, if they fight at SummerSlam and then at WrestleMania too, because I like, I kind of prefer WrestleMania to be the culmination rather than the beginning of stuff. But I mean, whatever way you have any long-term, storytelling if, if something's gonna last that long i think it's cool either way yeah i mean i wouldn't want, i mean wrestlemania can't end every story that's true it's just like yeah, you know right. some have to start there and some the ones that do start there i like if they end it summer slam but yeah you're right I agree uh, with long you. term i do I, I, I do like for stories to start in the end of the summer or the fall and then culminate mania but you can't have the ending of every story at the same pay-per-view that's just that's true predictable predictable so anyway yeah, um, it's predictable, I guess, that Undertaker is going to have an awesome entrance, as you brought up, because uh, he because he has it every month. Seems like uh, makes it special, makes it cool. And uh, Randy Orton is going to come out with his pyro. He's got his golden shower going off behind him that 
The Miz of all people brought back on Monday Night Raw this week. Yeah, I was. I think I had in my notes, man. I, I wanted Orton to bring this back, but as long as somebody has it, dude, uh, I'm down with it. It was nice to see the pyro back oh, on yeah. Monday. Absolutely, it was. So it adds so much. So it was good. But uh, yeah, Cole and Taz talk about when Randy comes out. He's got. He's got to win tonight. This is a mm-hmm. must-win situation if he wants to be a legend. Which. It's true. You can't go, you know, zero and two against Taker and you know, expect to be a legend. So. Oh yeah, I like that. I like commentary putting it over, making it serious. Yeah, making it real. And so, uh, Taker stares him down as he gets in the ring. He's got his fist up and ready. And as the bell rings, they're ready to go. Orton, um, Orton moves around quite a bit, and then he kind of powders out of the ring and just you know kind of stands there, which is a great heel move. That's, that's heel one hundred and one. You know, you make the audience anticipate that interaction. Uh, before we actually get started, so I, I really love that. This Kevin Owens is probably the best at it nowadays, but um, it's a lost art form. But Orton was good at it back then, so yeah, I liked it too. He's trying to dictate the pace here, and exactly finally gets in the ring and Taker and Orton lock up, and Undertaker's kind of fed up with it. He slams Orton down, and then Undertaker does something we haven't really ever seen. He gives Randy Orton just a slap to the face and knocks him down. And yeah, he's kind of asserting his dominance there. It was cool because it called back to you know the before Mania when Randy mm. slapped him in the face. So That's I really right. like that right. the, the long term story there. But yeah, it, we don't see Taker slap people, you know. But it made sense in this particular um, you know ongoing saga that they have here. So I really did uh, like that. So pretty neat. But um, yeah, after that um, we're gonna get uh, you know side headlock basically how we're gonna start this match and Taker powers out hits a shoulder block and. Goes for a pinfall in classic fashion there because, again, he wants to beat this kid, doesn't want this kid to get a win over him and become a legend, you know. So I like that. He's very persistent with his constantly going for the pinfall to, to put this kid to bed, you know. He does. He like he locks in a side headlock of his own. And then Randy gets uh, – and my, not, my notes autocorrected it to hippos, but he went for a <laughs> hip toss. <laughs> Uh, and a uh, and a uh, code slime, as your lo- notes say. Oh, <laughs> both, yeah. both can't type. Neither one. Of us. <laughs> well, I don't have Microsoft Word anymore. It doesn't autocorrect anything. So if I make an error, it just stays. Yeah. Code slime and a hippo's <laughs> <laughs> signature my, offense. My three-year-old could write this matchup. <laughs> oh man. But uh, Taker, you know, he's. <laughs> Gonna really dominate here early on. He locks Randy in a wrist lock, heads up top for old school after working over the arm. But Randy actually flips Taker off the top rope. Uh, he's been scouting him and gets a two count of his own. So both guys, there's a ton of two counts, a ton of near mm-hmm. falls here, and it starts early on. I like that from both the they're both being aggressive, both trying to get the win. You can tell how important this victory is for both guys just by how much they're going for the pin. Exactly, and that's a lost art nowadays. You know, it's not—it's more about the win back then. Now it's about the spot, 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 spot. Then you're gonna get the win at the end. Back then, they would go for the pinfall to try to end the match. You know, yes. make it seem more real. But commentary does remind us that Orton had his shoulder really beat up on by Benoit on SmackDown. You know, with that cripple cross face and stuff like that, and then would would take her working over it and hit, trying to hit old school and stuff. They're really selling that, and Randy does a pretty good job of selling it through the match. So. Um, he gets the Irish whip to the corner and Taker walks in straight into a boot, though, from Orton as he charges after him. So did they kind of flip the script there and Orton runs into a boot from Taker. <laughs> and then we get the running dive and clothesline for Taker for another two count. And like you said, just constantly going for counts and stuff. And then he's going to intimidate the ref and Brian Hebner bails like he's only he can do. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that spot. So good. And I uh, never get tired of it. I never get tired of it. It <laughs> no. never gets old, man. Every single time. Um, Taker starts picking apart Randy Orton in the corner. Uh, he, he intimidates Hebner a second time. And then we see something that's kind of a signature spot for Undertaker in, as far as making that transition to the heel being able to work over Taker, where Orton is in the corner, Taker comes running at him with a running big boot, and Orton gets out of the way, so Taker crotches himself on the top rope, and that's how Randy Orton is able to take over, and um, I'm not picking on it, but that is kind of a a staple for Undertaker as far as making that mid-match transition. We do see it happen quite a bit. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's just uh, it's like a like the flare flop at this point. You know, it's it just is. you know it's going to happen. So and we notice um, it more because we watch Undertaker matches. Only his matches. Well, oh yeah, only <laughs> yeah. his matches. I'm yeah. sure it's not that big a deal if if you're not paying that close attention to it. But it's something that's jumped out to me, just like oh, do that spot again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I yeah, I understand. So. Uh, Orton's going to hit him, uh, take her on the apron, and then Orton hits a DDT on Taker as he gets back in the ring. It's not it's not the hanging DDT like he'll come to develop where he, you know, what, what do they call that DDT where he has his, their feet draped on the ropes and stuff? But yeah, just like draping whatever, DDT. Hangman's DDT yeah, or something, hanging. draping DDT. They don't, he hasn't quite developed that yet, but he's got a few signature spots that he still has. But anyway, he gets a two count on Taker as Taker gets his foot on the bottom rope. So, And then Orton's going to go to work on the, the left knee and the leg of Taker. So, which I again, love that. He yeah. just he just seizes like Taker's leg goes on the rope. Randy jumps up and just starts kicking yeah. the leg. Yes, yeah. I thought that was an awesome bit of uh, intensity from him. You could tell that he's been under the Triple H Ric Flair learning tree when you see stuff like that. Seriously, like that's that is old school NWA Ric Flair stuff right there, man. It was awesome. Very well done, and he's gonna continue working that over. He, Wraps Undertaker's leg around the ring post uh, and then locks a leg lock on him. But Taker's actually fights out of it, starts choking Randy, but Randy gets up and uh, hits a knee drop on Taker. Uh, and Randy is kind of cruising in control of this match at this point. Yeah, he's cruising in control and Taker's going to try to get some shots to the body. And then uh, Orton boots him, covers him for two. Orton's working the leg again. Taker's kind of hobbling and uh, in and out as, he, as he's getting up and really selling that leg, which again, that's it's a classic thing when Taker matches. If you know if you're a smaller guy, you got to take him out by taking his legs out. Right. So it's really good. And uh, Orton's going to hit that patented uh, vintage power slam. Nowadays we can call it vintage <laughs> vintage Orton. So yeah, that quick power slam like like the Gold Dust does. He 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 does as well. So pretty good stuff. And then Randy Orton's going to go into another old-school move with a mm-hmm. spinning toehold here, mm-hmm. move that's kind of lost to time. But uh, it, Undertaker's shoulders go on the mat here, so the ref counts for two a couple times while he's doing that. And the crowd starts getting into it, man. They start chanting for Taker, clapping for him. Uh, they're feeling it, man. They're, they're into it, and they want to see Undertaker sit up, rise up. Oh, yeah, and Taker's going to reverse it. He's going to feed off that crowd, and he's going to drive Randy's knee into the mat, and then Randy gets up and jumps on Taker's leg again and works over the leg some more, but Taker's going to counter and launch Randy Orton straight up just out of the ring, (laughs) man, just completely out of the ring. So it's awesome. It is, man. Good spot there. Randy takes a good bump, and then Taker... You know, he's probably not making the best choices here. He just can't help himself because he's limping real bad, but he still goes for the apron leg drop. Uh, Probably I wouldn't do that if I had a knee injury or a leg injury, but he does it. Um, And at least he does sell it. He's wincing in pain after he does it. But again, (laughs) he can't help himself, so he goes up top for old school and connects with that. Uh, Not the two moves I would try if I had a leg injury, (laughs) but... Hey, man, he, he's a world, former world champion, so he knows more than I do. <laughs> well, then he's going to hit this new new move, the PTO, and get a two count off of that and hit snake eyes and on Orton and then run around for the big boot. But Orton's going to um, reverse here kind of or counter him here with a beautiful Randy Orton drop kick, and the crowd comes alive there just really getting into this uh, ending section that we're heading into here, so. It really was. Beautiful drop kick. He has one of the best ones you'll ever see during this time. Uh, Parker or- Holly also had a great one. He kick. did. did. Yeah. You could watch those guys drop kick on a loop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Orton starts stalking Undertaker, doing his stuff, stomp uh, or slamming the mat, getting ready for the RKO. But Taker shoves Randy away as he goes for it. Undertaker gets Orton up for a tombstone, but Orton wiggles out of that, tries to flip it over and reverse it to his own tombstone, but Undertaker flips back over, but Randy Orton gets out of that as this sequence goes on into, I don't know what this move is called, man, it's the weird little sideways neck breaker where Randy wraps the guy around his back as he does it. Does it have a name that I can't remember? I don't know. Probably. I have no (laughs) idea what they call that. We'll call it a hangman's backbreaker. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because he's the only one that I've ever seen do it. 
So is that called the Overdrive, or is that another one of his moves that was called that? I feel like that was the name uh, for something he did on one of the games. Uh, I think that was the like when he first debuted. I think that was the name of the um. I moved the arena the other day by the, the crossroads uh, or whatever. Was that the overdrive? The, or no, that was the, the play one of the day behind their head. And play of the day and the Elite Skippers move. Yeah, I think that was that move when Randy Orton did it. Okay, I don't know, but anyway, he does that. He does that thing that we're used to him doing. So um, uh, then Randy's gonna pound on Taker's chest, and then Randy goes up top to hit a diving back in his old bag of tricks and hits a, a cross body off the top rope. Yeah, but Taker's gonna roll through. And uh, pick Orton up and punch him, and then he's going to goozle him and hit a big old choke slam uh, that we've uh, come so fond of watching Randy Orton get choke slammed here. So, and then we're going to take a twist down Crazy Street. Oh yeah, here's where it gets weird. All of a sudden, Pete Rose runs into the ring. Uh, <laughs> How about it? <laughs> returning for the first time. Oh wait, never mind. Uh, not quite. It's a. Uh, quote-unquote fan who comes in from out of the crowd. He's got a baseball hat on, a windbreaker, and uh, runs into the ring, and the announcers are like, oh, man, this is just unbelievable. Don't try this at home, people. Should never jump in the ring, all this sort of stuff. And the referees and officials escort this guy away, and it distracts Undertaker for a second. And as the fan gets out of the ring, Undertaker turns back around and gets hit with that RKO out of nowhere for Randy Orton to jump on top of him, get the cover, get the pin, and pick up the win at the perfectly timed 17 minutes and 17 seconds. Yeah, man, I, I like this ending here. And again, you know in wrestling, if they acknowledge a fan got in the ring, you know it's, it's part of the show. When they don't acknowledge it, that's when you know it's not real. And this dude's lucky Pete, uh, Travis Brown wasn't around. He had to punch his face in <laughs> like you did that guy back at the Hall of Fame. That's right. This year. <laughs> or or uh, Harry Smith or whatever. And that Harry that was there to beat the guy up, too. Yeah. So. I think the Revival, anyway. one of those guys, <laughs> yeah. sucker punched him. <laughs> sucker too. punched that jabron in the face. So, yeah, this fan is lucky that they weren't there. But as it turns out, this fan is actually somebody that we know. So Orton leaves up the ramp and. Catches up to what I guess was his biggest fan, so he just jumped in the ring, wanted to see him closer, and he actually hugs this guy, and then he goes and rips off his fake mustache uh, to reveal Gene, Gene Parmesan. Parmesan. <laughs> That's why you always leave a note. <laughs> For those of you who know Arrested Development. You'll get that pun if those of you don't. Sorry. Oh no, unfortunately, I wish, man, that'd be so much wish better. It was Gene. <laughs> yeah. It's actually his dad, quote-unquote cowboy, Bob Horton. His name is always in quotes on TV. Cowboy, Bob Horton. <laughs> he's not a real cowboy. Like, he's not a real one. He's a, air quote, cowboy, <laughs> Bob Horton. <laughs> Absolutely. That man's never rode a horse in his life. <laughs> oh, maybe he rode a pony to bring it back to genuine. <laughs> anyway. <be. laughs> uh, well... As they're pulling the this fake mask off, uh, what's well, the real mask? As they're pulling this mask off of his face, reveals Bob Orton. Taker sits up in the ring, and just gives him that angry dad stare. You know that will kill a young child's soul. And actually, it's he has so much power and he's so overpowering. He actually changes the DJ music. <laughs> ever, ever, and he drops a drops a beat, and his music hits. <laughs> That's great. Dude, who knew Taker had the power of you know, needle dropping? <laughs> I liked it, man. He storms up the aisleway, picks up the makeup scraps and the wig, and rolls his eyes back. And you can tell this feud is far from over. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't like this match as much as a WrestleMania match. Um, but it's a really cool ending, I thought. It's a good outing for Orton. And um, like you said... It's just another chapter in this in the ongoing story. So, like you can tell, it's not over yet, and I like that. You know, the heels you got to have the face. If the face wins the first one, the heel needs to win the second one, so you can continue on tell a story. You know, so makes sense. It made sense here. I agree with you, dude. It was if you were to just pick one Randy Orton Undertaker match to watch, this wouldn't be it for right. me. Uh, nothing wrong with it. You know, certainly mm-hmm. better than some other matches we've covered in recent weeks here on the pod. And if you're were to watch the whole story of Orton and Undertaker, it fits well in there. And yeah, they play exactly. off some of their other stuff. So 
Uh, it is perfectly fine, perfectly acceptable, but yeah, definitely not as good as their WrestleMania encounter and the finish. You know, it's obviously building to something we're going to talk about next month and, and in the <laughs> next few weeks. But I mean, pretty obvious once you see that guy running in there, you're pretty, you know, you're pretty sure it's Cowboy Bob on there. It's <laughs> yes. not a huge surprise. Um, you know, well, I was thrown off because he had no cast on. Last time we saw him, uh, he had a true, cast. True, true. It's so, healed up, I guess. It's healed up now after 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> but this is going to be part of a greater story, which we will continue on next week. So we hope that you'll continue on with us. You'll download next week's episode as we keep this uh, if we keep this hearse ride rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride of The Undertaker's career. And we move on to No Mercy 2005. A big one. A first, the first ever yeah. handicap casket match between the Orton family and The Undertaker. <laughs> some more legends to talk about le- next week. Some more ridiculousness on here. Uh, next week's definitely going to be a fun one, so... Please tune in. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you do hear that episode when it drops next week. Uh, you can obviously subscribe on Spotify, on P- Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, and of course, if you're going to do it on Stitcher, we recommend that one because you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium. You can listen to ad free and exclusive podcasts over there by entering our code TalkingTaker at stitcher.com slash premium all one word talking taker at stitcher.com slash premium to get a month free uh premium podcast ad free podcast you can find our podcast and many other uh all your favorite podcasts over there on stitcher and uh we encourage you to follow us on all the different social media platforms we'll get you hyped up for that match we will discuss with you all the classic Undertaker action. We'll discuss with you this match. We'd love to hear your comments on this match at Talking Taker, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we didn't get too many comments about this one. Uh, the Downturn podcast, uh, they always uh, have some comments for us. Let me pull this up real quick. Um, would you say that this match is like the Attack of the Clones of the matches? Mm. It's not... It's not yeah. like the worst part of the chapter, but it's like well, it definitely is the worst part of the chapter <laughs> so far. But it's not like completely mouth, you know, spit spit outable. Man, you know what I'm saying I hate Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I know that, you do. That movie does. I set you up for that one. <laughs> it, it's definitely a, a second movie, and I can't think of a good analogy where the second one's just kind of eh. But yeah, I hated Attack of the Clones when I was. <laughs> And co- whenever that count was that high school or college, oh, oh two. senior year, oh, oh, two. junior year, I guess. Yeah. Um, Downturn podcast at Downturn D said thought this match was brilliant at the time. Hope it still stands up. Got to be better than Luther Reigns. You right about that, <laughs> sir. No question there. So uh, got to be better. Got than to Luther be. <laughs> yeah. We would love to hear your comments on that, folks. So hit us up. Let us know your feedback on this one. Watch it back and go watch. No Mercy 04. Uh, let us know what you thought of Kamala coming yeah, back. Yeah, baby. <laughs> 2005. <laughs> From out of, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, man. Well, RKO out of nowhere. I'm like, Kamala out of nowhere. Dude, is is Kamala a Hall of Famer? What are your thoughts? Kamala Hall of Famer. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Kamala Famer. Kamala Famer. Yeah. He, just, he needs to give his speech in character. Man. Or have Harvey up there again. <laughs> I'm honestly shocked with uh, Kamala Harris running for president that Kamala has not appeared on <laughs> WWE television at any point yet. Uh, I guess just because uh, he's... Mr. Harris. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he had to say. He walks by and Mr. Harris? <laughs> That's all that needs to happen. Dude, he could win the 24-7 title from Carmella. <laughs> Carmella and Kamala, it writes itself. Holy crap. <laughs> it's great. Carmella. <laughs> F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. <laughs> it's great. Uh, why, oh, why do I need this in my life? <laughs> I know. Uh, Maybe he'll be at the uh, Crown Jewel on Team Hogan or Team Flair. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed, folks. Uh, well, let's talk about that, dude. Undertaker, he's been advertised for the Saudi Arabia show. You know, just yeah. uh, uh, 
throw this out to you, Travis. Any off-the-top random predictions for what The Undertaker might be doing on that show? What, I'm what's going what's your wild Undertaker. guess here a few weeks out? Undertaker Elias. Oh, okay. Because these, these shows don't have anything to do with storylines. They're just house shows um, at a big, big, big Saudi Arabian house. Um, so I'd say Undertaker Elias to finish off after the, remember he goes on Raw after after WrestleMania this year. That's right. And defeated blew the boots off Elias and nothing ever came about it. So I'd say that or same well, never mind. Samuel Zane. Zane. Yep. Oh, wait rest. a second. <laughs> yeah. Forgot about like, that. Dang it. Yeah, really scratch that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, scratch that. Um yeah. So All right. That's say that's gotta be it. What about you? I'll throw a crazy one out there. How about Taker and the Fiend at Saudi Arabia. How about they just blow it out? Wouldn't shock me if they just do it. You know, quick build. Because uh, you know that's that's got to happen at some point. I don't think oh, they'll yeah. wait till WrestleMania or something. Maybe they'll just no. blow it out at the Saudi show to have something big on there. That's they don't have I, the patience to wait till Mania. Nah, they yeah, don't have the yeah. patience. No, why not? You're right. Fiend wins the so. title at Hell in a Cell and defends against Undertaker at uh, Saudi Halloween Havoc. <laughs> It's on Halloween, off. dude. It, it really Halloween. might be Fiend and Undertaker, dude. It's on a Thursday, and SmackDown's on the next day live, so the half oh, of us are not going to go. Jeez. <laughs> or they're going to fly back. Oh, my God. Jet lag, dude. <laughs> Maybe they'll do SmackDown live from Riyadh. <laughs> dude, I don't know what they're going to do for that. That's ah, weird. no idea. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> All right, we'll see. We'll see if any of that comes true. Um Travis, we do. Uh, we got to talk about this text that we got from one of our listeners and our good buddy Jay Stanley. Man, he, he had a he called you out uh, on a on a text thread this morning. He did. He did. I forgot what he said, but he said something about. Uh, he said he listening both- to Talking Taker on the ride to work. As a fellow lover of WCW Saturday Night, I don't think Travis was hype enough for Hoovy Juice turning up in WWE. Referencing uh, us talking about the Mexico's debut a couple weeks ago, uh, he said you were not juiced, Travis, and uh, <laughs> he said it's not too late for WWE to give us the 1999 feud we all wanted, the Juice versus the Rock, and proposed a retirement match at WrestleMania between those two. I say Hoovy on SmackDown tonight comes out, interrupts the Rock, and then Rock says, "Who in the blue are you?" And Hoovy cuts him off, and then says some more stuff and then invites him to Conan's podcast to be another co-host. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he does. Is that oh, what he man. does? Jay's right, man. I wasn't as hyped uh, back then because they didn't bring him in as Hoobin 2 Guerrero that I knew and loved. They brought him in as a freaking lawnmower rider without his mask on. I love Super Crazy. love Psychosis. love Hoobie. Um, don't love this version of Hoobin 2. It's amazing. WWE can take something so great and just turn it into a, a poop. I just don't understand how they have the <laughs> ability to do that. So they missed their hanky, this Hooventude thing. And it, the same thing they did with um, the Ultimo Dragon. They did the same thing. They don't know how to book these these guys. No, so. they didn't, man. They didn't. So you're right, Jay. Uh, you called me out, but I was uh, absolutely not juiced for the Hoovy in the WWE because I knew it was going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you, Jay, for listening every week. Yeah. Good buddy. And uh, we thank all of you for listening out there. All Almost 2,000 of our Twitter followers, man. We're creeping up there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to hit it here in a couple weeks. It looks like we'll hit our 2,000 followers. we got to do something special for that, man. We'll throw a uh, throw an extra bonus show in there once we hit 2,000. So we'll uh, I'll let you pick, Travis. Uh, we go back and do a Royal Rumble. We go back and do maybe some hidden gems. Do another Coliseum video. Uh, you think about that, man. Y'all let you pick what we do for our 2,000 follower special edition. Alright, sounds good. I'll let it brew in the old brain basket and see what happens. Dome. Exactly. <laughs> see what happens. If you well, are one of those folks that wants to support us, uh, of course, just spread the word. Let people know about the podcast. That's the best thing you can do to help us continue to grow and gain any new listeners. Just one new listener going back, whether it's on YouTube or, or Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. But if you want to do something a little extra, you can go pick up a t-shirt at tpublic.com and spread the word that way. That always is mucho appreciated. <laughs> to quote Hooven, dude. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you were there at the SummerSlam 05, um, you got to see 
to the greatest of all time, Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels just have a spy monkey fest. Let us know what you thought. If you were there for a Starcade and you were there for SummerSlam 05, I want to know. Uh, there's 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 got to be got to be some people that were there. Absolutely. So yeah, if you were there, please let us know. Uh, underrated show, really good. Um, you know, pretty much top to bottom. It has a little bit, there's a little bit of something for everybody there. But uh, take out Vince McMahon's um, pull for the presidency, and it's a great show overall. But anyway, if you were there, let us know. Uh, if not, let us know what you thought about the show in and of itself and this match in particular. Obviously, uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Take her easy. Oh my! Wait, oh my! Oh my God! It's it's Kamala! So wait a minute. And if they come to the top, my PG, the Ugandan giant Kamala. That's him. Well, Kamala is indeed a legendary opponent of the Undertaker. And hey, Kamala can eat Randy Orton in a pot on some broth and put some carrots and boil it up. Thank you.